Welcome back to the When I Feel Compelled podcast with your boy Scoop. It's story time this episode, talking about my nickname and how I got it and my pathway through sports. Um, also, if you're new to the podcast, always play an original sample first and the updated song that sampled it at the end. So when you hear the first song, take a guess as to what more recent song sampled it and write it down. And let's see if you got it together. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned. With everything slowing down due to coronavirus, um, I wanted to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, something I get asked all the time. You know, anytime I introduce myself, people like, you know, where'd you get your name Scoop from? And so I figured I'd spend some time talking about how how much I love uh, sports and, and how that manifests itself into a nickname that I've gone by since... I was in 11th grade. Um, you know, as, as, as many of you all know, I'm from D.C. I was born in New York. Um, my mom's from Queens. My dad's from Southeast D.C. And we moved to D.C. when I was about three years old. Um, so I, I have, I always go back to New York for um, all my breaks if school was out on Friday, I was in Queens by Saturday afternoon. If school started on Monday, I was back on Sunday night. I literally spent all my summers in Queens until about 11. Um, I spent all my Easter breaks. I spent Thanksgiving. Um, I spent a lot of time in New York. And so um, actually one of my mom's, my mom's ex-boyfriend when I was in elementary school, used to talk to me about a lot of New York basketball players. I grew up on stories of Rucker Park. Um, I grew up on stories of Turkey Thicket, uh, which is for, for people that live in D.C. or are familiar with D.C., Turkey Thicket is a rec center on Michigan Avenue. It's right behind Brooklyn Middle School, which used to be Brooklyn Elementary School, but that was the place for basketball in D.C. That was where all the best games were. Legends played. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain came down from Philly to play against guys from D.C. at Turkey Thicket. I mean, the stories are endless. And so I grew up on these runs. Um, I grew up on the fraternity of basketball from um, these type of venues. Um, but my first love about my first love um, isn't just basketball. It's it's reading, um, kind of coupled with basketball as well as um, Georgetown, Georgetown basketball specifically. Um, when I was born in 1984, it was five months after Georgetown won its first and only NCAA championship. My barber, shout out to Millhouse and Sons, used to cut Patrick Ewing's hair when he was in college. So when they won, there was a big poster in the barbershop and it sits there today. And, you know, John Thompson, the coach, became the first African-American head coach to win a Division One A NCAA championship. Um, quite as it's kept, uh, the head coach of UDC was the first black man to ever get um, an NCAA championship, but it was a D2 championship. And so it predates Georgetown's, but, but just to put that in context, black coaches in, at D.C. universities are the first two black coaches to win NCAA championships. 
So basketball is the lifeblood of DC. Where we are, we're Redskins fans. Redskins are our favorite team, but basketball is our favorite sport. Um, and so, my grandmother is from North Carolina, and she used to have uh, this commemorative soda can from the 1982 Tar Heels Championship with Michael Jordan's name on it, James Worthy's name on it, Sam Perkins. Um, so I grew up around a lot of people that love basketball. Um, my grandmother used to also have the Georgetown programs in her living room. And so every year I used to just read through them. Um, every word, I'd read them over and over again. So, you know, Joey Brown, point guard, um, Charles Smith, uh, Robert Churchwell, Lonzo Mourning, that came in with Tumbo, like in, in the early 90s. I grew up kind of immersed in that time of basketball. and um, My uncle used to have Street Smith's uh, college basketball editions in his room. And when he, you know, he didn't live there at the time. He was, he was, uh, he was in Charlotte. But he kept those in his room, and so I used to go and read through all of them. I don't think there was one in his room that I did not finish. And Street Smith College Basketball magazines used to, you know, basic magazines, but the, uh, talk about, you know, who's who they expect to be number one team in each conference, all conference teams, um, a capsule on each of the teams. But in the back of it, they would have your – the preseason top 25 teams in the country for high school basketball. And then they would do an All-American list for high school. And then they would also do their starting five, like their all-city teams for like 50 different cities in the United States. And they were very detailed. So I used to read the back of those, and that's when I learned about guys like, shoot, Jerry Stackhouse, Rasheed Wallace, um, um, Shaquille O'Neal, um, guys in that era, like like I said, the late 80s, early 90s. And I remember the high schools. I would see high schools over and over again. I'm like, okay, this is a really good school. Oak Hill Academy. Um, back then, Simon Gratz was really good in Philly. Um, Pershing High School in Detroit. King High School in Chicago. Um, you know, Fairfax and Westchester in L.A., you know, there were just all these different high schools I would see repeated. And um, my my dad used to work for World Book Encyclopedia for a little bit. Um, and so I used to get the World Book Encyclopedias for free. So I, what I would do is I would, um, I would, I was really big on geography. So I would always look at maps. If there was an atlas map anywhere in the house or anywhere around I can get my hands on, I used to just pick up the maps and just look at random streets. And I would try to map where they were. If they said, you know, Aspen Street was A3, I would try to find it. And I would try to find random points, A to B. I'd pick two random streets, and I would find, you know, how to get there from point A to B. Um, so when, by the time that I started reading these Street and Smith magazines, and I started seeing cities and high schools that were starting to repeat themselves, I started finding out where these places were. So I would literally go online, or not go, I'm sorry. I would literally go um, and try to get my hands on, you know, uh, this, the, the the encyclopedia that had Philadelphia 
um, um, I would start to look at ways I could research certain places. And um, I would look at, at high schools and look at where they were located. I would look at um, who they played. And I would start researching, you know, like these cities this way. And um, when 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 I ended up, um, you know, going through, you know, all this stuff is just stuff I like to do on my own. I sit down, I write things out. I started to get a feel of which school, which cities had, were really good at basketball. Um, I started following certain guys based on what I read. But it wasn't until 1995 that I started looking at things currently. Um, like I said, my uncle had old old magazines. Um, I used to read them and learn about them when they were in high school, but they were already in college. Some of these guys were already in the NBA. It was the 95-96 season that I remember buying a Big East annual handbook. And it, this magazine was specific to Big East Conference, Big East Basketball. And I'm a, Like I said, I'm a diehard Georgetown fan, so I picked it up reading about it and you got guys like Donye Abrams at Boston College and Ray Allen at UConn, Kerry Kittles at Villanova. Um, and at this point, um, this Allen Iverson was, was at Georgetown. Um, backtrack a little bit. The year before, my mom got a, uh, um, a, she got a, she won a raffle in which she um, got tickets to, season tickets to Georgetown. So in 94, I was 10 years old. And we were going to USA Arena, which um, is now uh, the the in Largo Town Center. Um, but uh, Georgetown and the Wizards, well, Georgetown and Bullets used to play at uh, at USA Arena, and um, that was the first time I went to Georgetown game live that I can remember. And there was this point guard. I was a freshman um, who was just killing, and I found out that his name was Allen Iverson. And he became my favorite player immediately. Um, so going into a sophomore year, I picked up this magazine. And in the back of it, it was talking about the class of 1996 for high school. And they had these capsules, you know, on every player, where they're from, position, height. And they did the top 100. And Kobe Bryant was number one. Um, Tim Thomas... Jermaine O'Neal, Lester Earl, Shaheen Holloway. Those are like the guys that were really high on that list. And I remember that was the first time where I'm reading about them before the season started. Um, and and I, oh, Nate James was in that too because Nate James went to Prospect Hall and he ended up going to Duke. He's an assistant coach at Duke. But that was important because Nate James was from D.C. So I, I remember – Trying now, I get to follow somebody that's around here, um, and and I just kept following, watching basketball. To me, the ninety five ninety six college basketball season is the greatest season of my lifetime, and I'm not just saying that because I um I lived it. I'm saying that because it was just an amazing season. You had UMass with John Calipari, had Marcus Canby. Edgar Padilla, Carmelo Travieso, Dante Bright. That team lost, I think they only lost one game in a regular season. Um, Kentucky, Rick Pitino had the best team I've ever seen. 
Um, Ron Mercer, Derek Anderson, Antoine Walker, Tony Delp, Mark Pope. Um, that team was killing it. And, and back then, Jefferson Pilot Sports used to show SEC and AC basketball games in D.C. So we used to watch those games all the time. So this is right after Arkansas was coming down. Nolan Richardson, they were they had just went to two straight championships, I believe. and um, But Kentucky was on the way up. And, um, you know, so you had Kentucky, you had UMass, but then the Big East. I mentioned Ray Allen was at UConn. Um, you know, Villanova had Kerry Kittles, but also had Alvin Williams, uh, Lawson, uh, Alvin Cornegay. I mean, they had they they had a nice nice team. And Georgetown had AI, Victor Page, um, Othella Harrington, Jerome Williams. Um, Georgetown, Villanova, and UConn were all ranked in the top 10 throughout the season. And Georgetown made it to the Big East Championship against UConn. I still have nightmares about Ray Allen's jump shot that beat us. I hated him for years until he got game. I despised him. Despised him. Um, I, I cried that day. I cried. I sit in my dad's basement in Georgetown Laws. I cried. Um, and what's weird to go, to go about talking about the Big East and all that is that those three teams were top ten all year long. And then Syracuse with John Wallace ends up making it to the championship game, and they lost to Kentucky. And Kentucky that that summer '96 NBA draft, which is the uh, first or second draft, greatest draft of all time, uh, behind you know 1984. Um, you had Stockton, Barkley, Olajuwon, and Michael Jordan. Um, 96, you going into that draft, and Kentucky had four players ranked in the first round. I mean, uh, drafted in the first round. That was a, that was an all-time record. It just shows you how t- how deep that team was. Um, but that's when I was, like, really in it, and I knew everybody. I was, I was locked in. Um, earlier that season, uh, Georgetown played Georgia Tech. George Tech had a point guard that was giving AI the business. I mean, AI was giving it to him, and, and Georgetown won. But I was like, who is this guy? This guy's name was Stephon Marbury. I started tracking him ever since then. He became probably my second favorite player. You know, I followed him all the way through. Ended up being co-rookie of the year in the ACC with Anton Jameson in North Carolina. Um, but, yeah, I, I, was, I was locked in, like, that 95, 96 season. And um, I started, I watched the McDonald's All-American dunk contest and watched the game. And I was thoroughly immersed in high school basketball. And in 97, I um, started high school. And I remember going on a website. And um, I was trying to follow up on high school stuff. And the internet was just starting to break. And I was going through looking at you know, some websites and one website said, hey, if you live in a certain area, if you live in one of these areas, we're looking for somebody to kind of cover high school basketball. And I figured, you know, where my high school, I went to St. John's College High School. We had, um, you know, one of the best conferences in the country at the time. Right now, it's the best conference. Um, but back then, you had, you know, New York Catholic School League was really good. And um, Chicago Red West was really good. Uh, L.A. City section, the Coliseum division was really good. 
actually, uh, yeah, college, I'll say the Coliseum division. But L.A. City section overall was really good. You had just certain places that just was really good. Um, but, but D.C. was really good as far as, uh, you know, my league. So I was like, I'm going to some of these games anyway. I'm in high school. I'll go, I'll go you know, cover some of them. And I remember I, I write – I wrote down, you know, some starting lineups for I think the math because the math was uh, the number one team that year, and I started. That's when I started covering high school basketball. Um, freshman year was just dabbling into it a little bit. Um, my sophomore year is when I decided to use AOLs. Um, AOL back then used to, if you had a domain name, you get the you had some free. A web space for you to create uh, whatever you wanted and a lot of people just create little profile pages or whatever I decided to use that space to create my own website and that website was called high school hoop spotlight and um, I used to just go and, and, and read up on guys and cover you know cover high school basketball and at that point I was connecting with people now um I didn't mention this before, but I, I skipped a grade, and my birthday's in September. So when I started high school, I was 12. So I was 13, I guess, started writing in ninth grade. I was 14, and I just turned 14 in 10th grade. So I'm writing, and I'm connecting with people, um, using, like, message boards to just talk to, like, basketball fans, people from different places, guys that were, like, interested in writing and from different areas. You know, covering covering basketball, just going to games. Guys, I just like love the game of basketball. I love the game of basketball, um, and I played pretty much every day. But I also knew at an early age that that I wasn't going to the NBA. Uh, not even that I I wasn't going to the NBA, but it was just like there were other things that I appreciated about basketball outside of just playing it. Um, so, you know, I kind of just I focused on that, um, and. Doesn't help that like in ninth grade I was really small, really nervous. I got cut from freshman team, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm good." Um, I was five two <laughs> when I started high school, so um, you know it is what it is. I think I'm better for it, but uh, you know when you go and for me going going to games, covering games, you know bothering my parents to drop me off in my high school, other high schools to watch games. I used to. Um, like I said, connect with people. And I remember connecting with AAU coaches. I would go to their practices. And that was the summer when I really started really knowing a lot of coaches. And I had my website, and I used to, you know, tell people about it. And um, that's when I started really developing that. And around that time, my uncle, same uncle who had the Street Smiths, my Uncle Brian, was like, man, you like Scoop Newsworthy. Um... And yes, we used to call me Scoop Newsworthy. And I just shortened it to Scoop. Um, and I hated my name. I've always hated my name. So the moment I got a nickname, because I didn't have a childhood nickname, um, I just went with it. Um, but at this point, I'm still, you know, still kind of going by Kyle. I used to write Kyle Scoop Yeldale um, as my tag anytime I wrote. So I used to go to um, when I went to games and and then developing all these relationships and um, I actually connected with a guy named Mike Folletti in Michigan who was around I think he was a year older than me 
but he was doing the same thing in uh, in the Detroit area. So we decided to come together and um, kind of not not start a website, but kind of merge our websites, I guess you could say, or just um, you know he used to he used to cover things, and, and and so it allowed us to have more of a reach. He would cover Michigan, I would cover D.C., and then we would both kind of talk about the national uh, landscape. But at this point, everything I know is kind of from, um, you know, hands off. Like, I'm I'm just reading. I'm, I'm kind of a bystander. I, I wasn't really, you know, traveling to go to stuff. But in those Big East annual hand, hand books, they used to have breakdowns on camps. So they talk about five-star. They would talk about uh, – um, Nike All-American camp, which was in Indianapolis, and they would talk about Adidas ABCD camp, which was at Farley Dickinson in, in Teaneck, New Jersey. And at the very bottom of the one with ABCD camp, it said open to the public. So at this point, it is um, 98, 99. I'm starting to get more involved with the with, with basketball. Mind you, I, did, I was doing all this stuff for free at the time. And my family, like I said, is from New York. Uh, my mom's side, at least, and um, my uncle lived in Jersey. So I was like, well, I really want to go to Adidas camp. And Mike was going to be out there. And I was like, well, I really want to go. I really want to go. So it's open to the public. So I can go out there. Now, I don't know anything about Farley Dickinson. I don't know where it's located exactly. Um, as much as I love geography, to me, Jersey was all Jersey, well, you know. And my uncle lived in Marlboro, which is central Jersey. My uncle Ralph used to, um, I, I got planted, I set it up. I created makeshift business cards. My domain name was so long. It was hometown.aol.com backslash KLDL2 backslash HSH Spotlight backslash index.html. I had to print these things out on regular sheets of paper, cut them, um, you know, cut them across, and then fold them so I could hand them to people in one piece. You're not going to take this long-ass sheet of paper. So I had to fold it. I had my name, my email address, and my phone number. I believe I had my phone number on there, my home number. Um, I had my own line, but it was connected to the... To the <laughs> to the internet, so it wasn't always mine, right? But I was the one using the internet most in the house anyway, so. Um, and I went, I packed up, I went, spent the week with my uncle, and in the morning, he would take me from Marlboro, which ended up being like an hour and 20 minutes on the Jersey Turnpike up to Farley Dickinson, dropped me off. And the first time he did that, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna sit here. It was, I sit there, I get in the lobby, and I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to, you know, all that stuff. And there's a guy named Stephen Richardson who became like a mentor to me, still a really good friend of mine. Saw me in the lobby. Um, and he was like, let's get you a press pass. I didn't think there was an opportunity. You know, I'm 14. I didn't think that was something I could get. And lo and behold, I got a press pass. So I'm 14 years old with a press pass at the biggest basketball camp in the United States. And I walk in, and um, the good thing about this was right before this camp, 
there was a basketball tournament called the DC Pro-Am at GW. It was at GW on Saturday and Sunday, and it was at UDC on Friday, and it was an AAU tournament, and it was a big AAU tournament. There were a lot of great teams that played in it. Boo Williams, uh, Riverside Church, um, Cecil Kirk in Baltimore, DC Assault, um, the Motor City Mavericks <clears throat> from Detroit, um, and then it ended up being the Michigan Michigan Mustangs, um, the who are Windy City Fire, Illinois Fire. I mean to say, Mac Irvin's team. Oh, New Jersey players were on that too. Um, Jim Salmon. And so I had met a guy by the name of Omar Cook at um at the DC Pro Am and I met a couple coaches. One of the coaches' name was Chris Greer. He was a coach for Michigan Mustangs. And when I went up to uh oh and, and New Jersey players, I met Jim Salmon. When I went up to uh Adidas camp, um I walked down the street and I see I see Coach Greer. He's coaching, he was coaching uh, Eddie Griffin and Andre Barrett, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm here." He was like, "Man, he's like, you know, I want to interview somebody." He's like, "Let me know, and I'll connect you." And I just Omar Cook was from Queens. I mean, he played in Queens. He played for Christ the King Queens, but he's from Brooklyn. Um, and at the time, there were three point guards ranked in the top fifteen in the country from New York City. It was Omar Cook, Andre Barrett, and Talik Brown, and. You know, I grew up on all these stories of New York point guards and, you know, Kenny Anderson, Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith, Rod Strickland, I mean, Nate Archibald, Lenny Wilkins, all these. So when this when this class came about, it was um, somewhat intimidating in general because I'm, you know, I'm 14. I'm 5'5 five, five at this time. Yeah, I'm about 5'5. Five, five. So I'm walking around talking to people and, you know, these guys are uh, all Americans, you know, and um, I remember meeting Andre Barrett and his parents were there. And I ended up sitting with his parents and, and talking to them. And they were like, what are you doing? Everybody was just shocked at how young I was, right? And Andre's parents helped me meet Talik Brown and his family, who's from Left Right City, which is like 15 minutes from my grandmother's house. Um, and then that, that was the first time I was kind of immersed in, in, in um in ABCD camp <clears throat> and my first press pass and that's when I really became like scoop I guess you could say and um you know I, I, I used to go I wrote up about the camp I made connections with people continually pushed that forward and um that was my life that was my life for my last two years of high school um you know in college all my friends that went to Morehouse or Spelman or Clark you know, a lot of people just know me. Like when I introduced myself in college, I introduced myself at school. I didn't say my government name at all. If it wasn't for Facebook, to this day, my friends wouldn't know my first name. But a lot of them don't, don't realize, like, the full story, you know. Um, and not just that, when I got to college, I was I just wanted to go to college. Um, I wasn't really trying to be all involved in basketball the same way. Um, when, I, when I was in high school... When I was going to my senior high school, I had two job offers to write for different uh, publications, and they were going to pay for me to, you know, travel, to write. They would pay for my cell phone bill, and I would have been able to take that really almost before I graduated high school. 
I had two, yeah, two distinct offers, but I wanted to go to Morehouse. That was my life dream. Um, my uncle Brian went to Morehouse. You walk in my grandma's house, there are three pictures above the couch um, of my aunt and my cousin in matching Morehouse sweats. I just grew up wanting to go to Morehouse. That was the only college I really know besides Georgetown. Those are the only two schools that I ever knew, really. Um, and I remember talking to Maryland's coaches and at a, at Charlie Weber. Charlie Weber was an AAU tournament, but it was a little later in the year. It was like in September. And so I remember my senior year, September 2000, walking around Coldfield House, and I see a couple of Maryland coaches. And they were like, man, you can come here. You could be a manager. And I was like, nah, I want to go to Morehouse. It was like, oh, you want to go to one of those black schools? I ain't mad at you. And, you know, I, I really could have been, you know, a freshman manager at, at Maryland, which is crazy to think about because my freshman they won a championship. That would have been a hell of an experience. But Morehouse was my, my life. That was my North Star. I really only applied to one college. My mom made me apply to Hampton. But Morehouse was it. If I didn't get in Morehouse, I wasn't, going to, I wasn't going to college. I already had, you know, my own mindset of what I was going to do later on. You know, I had my writing and all that stuff, and so I was good. Um, but when I graduated, um, when I got to school, it started, like, time to start anew, and I just was scooped from day one. But they knew I knew a little bit about sports, but not so much. Now, here's the thing that that that's a built-in advantage that I had when I was in college, and to this day. You got to think, I spent years and years studying high school basketball. And when I used to go to Adidas camp, once again, I'm a small kid. Most of these guys are not only older than me, they're bigger than me. But all those years of reading uh, maps, reading atlases, studying high schools, um, all came to become a built-in advantage when I met people from all across the country and I knew everybody they played against. You introduced me to a kid. I remember meeting a kid from um, from Chicago. Chicago and L.A. always stood out to me, especially ABCD camp, because they had things that we didn't have in D.C. Um, they're really good basketball cities, huge cities, so that's a big difference. They're way bigger than D.C. But they had gangs. We don't have gangs in D.C. We have neighborhoods. You know, you from Serge McCoy, you from Barry Farms, you from Uptown. And Uptown is like a large group. But, you know, you have, you know, 1-4 Zone. You have all these places. But Chicago and L.A., they had gangs. And the moment you talk to them and ask them about, you know, oh, where are you from? And I would break the ice. I would say, hey, my name is such and such. You know, my name is, you know, Scoop. And, you know, ask some questions. But as I started to develop relationships with them, you know, and I realized, okay, you went to what high school? Yeah, you went to Western House. Okay, y'all play Marshall. Y'all play Manly. Y'all play Whitney Young. You know, Farragut. I knew all, all, all the Red West. I knew all the Red South. So I, so when we came to Chicago people, I knew King was in the North. I knew Julian, Simeon, um, Morgan Park. I knew all these high schools. So they were like, how do you know this? I'm like, because I read. I read a lot. And, I've, and, and so um, when I got, that's how that kind of opened me up to a lot of kids my age and them understanding like how much I knew. So um it just it just it just snowballed. 
the more they opened up, the more I knew about their cities, the more they opened up to me about about their experiences, their life experiences. And so what took what was an interest of mine in certain cities became full blown like I started learning cities like a native would. You know, and when I got to college, that's how I associated people. The first thing I asked, well, where are you from? What high school did you go to? Because then I could mentally place people. And by the time I got to college, I was already kind of an expert in this. So what, what, what became a built-in, I'm a natural introvert, what became a built-in um, sense of unfamiliarity with different people became a a strength. There aren't many places in the United States where you can tell me a high school and I don't know, not just your high school, but I know like your surrounding high schools. And that did the same thing with my friends in college. It became, it made conversations much easier with new people because I knew where they were from. I knew, and, and, and depending on the city, if they were really good in basketball, I knew those cities better just because that's why I was around. And that's what I used to study. Um, but I knew kids from all over the country. I mean, obviously top 100 players in the country, you know, reading those lists for, for at this point, 10 years, you're going to see, t- you know, places from all over. I got a friend of mine went to junior high school with me, but her mom's from Johnson City, Tennessee. And I remember the first time I met her mother, I was like, did you go to Science Hill? And she was like, how did you know that? And I was like, Science Hill has been in the top 10 in the country in Street and Smith for like five of the last 10 years. You know, there's lots of random places that I just remembered. And that became kind of my my um, my advantage all through college and, and, and even now. When I meet people from different places, I always map out where'd you go to high school. And it all came from this time period. So in, in wrapping up um, kind of the sense of, you know, scoop comes from basketball, my writing in basketball, it actually kind of is wrapped up in like, you know, personality traits and stuff that I started to develop um, because I love to read. I love to read growing up. Um, I love to write on my own. High, uh, my experience graduating from high school, being a basketball camp counselor at High Basketball Camp in Southeast kind of made me want to do more, excuse me, than just write about guys because I learned early on I would get a lot of inside information from players and their families and I wouldn't, I wouldn't publish it. And I realized that I value the relationship more than, more than the story. And a good journalist values the story over the relationship. And I couldn't do it. And that's when I decided to change into doing more things. I'd rather be involved with like PR, marketing, and branding than just straight journalism. You know, because I don't, if, you, if there's some, one of, my, one of my guys was, you know, destitute, I couldn't write about him. Something happened, they did something bad, you know, caught up with something, get arrested or something like that. I couldn't write about them. You know, other guys maybe because they they didn't grow up with them. I grew up with all the guys I wrote up. I grew up with all of them. These guys were older than me, younger than me. Some of them were from my part of town. They were from other places. But we all grew up together. Very difficult for me. Not because I was worried or nothing. I just, I cared about them. To this day, I meet a lot of guys that I used to write about when I was in high school. I care about them the same way. Like, I want them to succeed, whether they made it to the league or not. I care about what you're doing now. 
You know, and I've reconnected with a lot of people because of that. You know, um, at the, and so that's the thing. When people, people, when I went to college, um, you know, I was I was much more social. Then I ended up pledging Omega, Omega Sapphire, and you know, definitely became more social. But my friends back home all see me as basketball person. Like that's 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 how my friends in high school know me. That's how um, yeah, really my friends in high school because before that, not so much. You know, I wasn't writing like that. But my high school friends, or the or the the people that I know that like play basketball, like they all know me as being a basketball guy. Like a I was a gym rat. I used to be in everybody's practices. I remember going to Gonzaga practice while I was a student at St. John's. That's our arch rival. I used to leave school, go back when Dick Myers was coaching. And I, I used to be a St. John's student in their basketball practices. And if you really think about it, it sounds crazy, right? Like your arch rivals, St. John's Gonzaga rivalry is the oldest, second oldest Catholic rivalry in the United States. It's the oldest rivalry of any high school in D.C. And little old um, 11th grade Scoop used to be Used to come and check out Gonzaga. Not all the time, but I did a couple times. Walk right in and um, and check out their basketball practices. You know, it was almost like they were sleeping with the enemy. Well, I was sleeping with the enemy, but it was all love. Um, and one of those assistant coaches ended up becoming um, the head coach of Gonzaga now. And, you know, one of, the, one of the guys on that team is a really good friend of mine now. And, and all those relationships are still the same. So I just taught me, I guess, when I think about Scoop, the nickname, is wrapped into understanding relationships, uh, researching cities, knowing things about people, being able to pick up on things. But um, that's where I got my name from. You can blame Brian Yeldell for it. Um, it's something I take pride in because it's not something that was just like Peanut or Pee Wee or you know, some name somebody randomly gave me because I was small or some physical feature. It was something I earned. Um, something I still earn. I don't bet on sports. I don't bet on anything, really. But, you know, people still seek me to be, um, I guess, like an expert in, 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 in sports. So, you know, if I say something's going to happen, it doesn't happen. That hurts me more than me giving you $5. I take pride in knowing what I, you know, knowing sports. And the best part about this story is when I graduated from Morehouse, I wrote um and I wrote a little bit in college. The 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 greatest thing I did though was um I had a relationship with Slam magazine when I was in high school with a lot of the writers and a few writers and um they gave me the opportunity to um compile to submit my all American list for Slam magazine's annual high school American uh, issue. And I was the first one to submit um, I saw my freshman year of college. And if you go back to the 2002 high school basketball magazine issue, uh, my name is the first one that shows up. I'm 17 years old with a, with a writing credit in Slam magazine. But the cover was LeBron James and Sebastian Telfair. LeBron was in 11th grade and Sebastian was in 10th. And it was the first time they put high school kids on the cover. And my name's in that issue. And I and I corresponded for the next three years. All my four years of college, I was in Slam Magazine. They would take our All-American list. 
um, compile them with like, you know, there was like four or five guys they wrote. They would compile them all together and then they would release their slam, their slam All-American list. And I was always on that. Um, 17 years old, my favorite magazine, I wrote for it um, by the age of 17. I ended up getting an internship at ESPN, lifelong dream. I got that internship when I was 19. I had to rethink my dreams because I had gotten them before I was 20. And um, I ended up uh, going to grad school at the only other university that I grew up on, which was Georgetown University. So the school that started me on my path of loving sports is the place where I got my master's degree. And that is not something that I you know, take lightly. I, f- I feel like that was kind of like divine intervention. You know, all came full circle. And, and especially being a black kid from D.C. to get his master's degree from Georgetown. Because at the time, I just know from a basketball perspective, I didn't know how good of a school it was. Um, Georgetown's a pinnacle of, of education in D.C. And for me, you know, like I said, a black kid from Southeast D.C., um, Southeast and Northwest D.C., it was a lifelong dream. And so that is kind of the story of Scoop from the sports side. Uh, I think there might be some other things I'll talk about moving forward, but I just want to take the time to to talk about this. I want to thank everybody for listening to my podcast today. I know it's a little different, but, um, you know, this is kind of what made me who I am, made me want to do a podcast talking about sports, you know, years later and all my friends saying I should talk about it. Um, this is why. And so, uh, if you haven't already, please, um, like, and subscribe, follow us. Um, the, the, the podcast, if you listen to it on anchor, it's also available on Apple and Spotify, but please, uh, subscribe to us. And, you know, if you follow me on social media at worldwide scoop, send me DMS, um, let me know what you think. Thank you.